Pursuit, the official podcast of the Tarleton Wesley Foundation, where we talk about any and all things having to do with the life of college students at Tarleton State University. Some of it's specific to Tarleton, but a lot of it's not. Um, and so through each episode, we're going to talk about questions of theology. We're going to talk about other things that, that students might want to talk about. We're going to talk about, you know, the big buzzword in the church is deconstruction. Uh, we're going to talk about video games, books, movies, other things that are holding our interest, because I love books and video games and movies. And, and most likely, there's going to be a whole lot of nonsense as well. I'm Reverend Corey Moses, pastor and director of the Wesley Foundation at Tarleton State University, and I am so excited to jump into this podcast with you all. So each week, we're going to have a guest co-host joining us on the, on the podcast to help lead us in our topic of the day. Sometimes these guests will be from our board of directors, some will be clergy friends and colleagues across our conference, some will be Tarleton faculty and staff, and on occasion, we may even get the chance to hear from some of our great student leaders. With me again on today's episode is Dr. Ben Sword. Ben, welcome to The Pursuit. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Starting to feel a little too comfortable in this chair. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm just happy that we can be comfortable in this building, in this room, because we have AC. Yes. <laughs> you and I both separately have had to deal with our, our air conditioners going out. And in Texas, that is no bueno. Not at all. <laughs> so last episode... We kind of di- opened with a, with a who are you and why are you here kind of thing for our listeners so they could kind of get to know us a little bit better. But this week I thought it'd be a little bit fun to do something different because they, they've heard who you are. And if, and if someone's new and they're thinking, hey, who is this weird Ben guy that's on the podcast, they can go back and listen to last episode and they what can hear plug. who you He's are. He's a pro. He's a pro. <laughs> that's right. And so I've got these decks of cards. They're called pod decks, and they're, they're designed specifically for podcasts. And so I, I thought it'd be kind of like kind of fun for us to maybe do this good mythical morning style where uh, I would, you would pick a deck and I would draw the card and ask you the question that's on it. So we have three categories, uh, interview deck, uh, would you rather, and what the heck, which is just random randomness. So you give me a deck, and I'll draw the card, and you have to answer the question. Uh, let's move in shallow end first. So let's just start with the interview deck. All right. Do you want the original or the second edition interview deck? No, we better go old school. Original. All right. Old school. All right. Here we go. Who is your favorite hero of fiction? This will be good from a literature person. Oh, well, now you like put weird expectations <laughs> on me. Oh, it's got to be some sort of really... <laughs> Significant throwback uh, to your conversation last week about sitting around in a nerd playing nerd, never have I ever with the books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think if we're really just sort of going big, wide open, you know, fiction just sort of being anything in those imaginative universes, uh, for me, it was always Wolverine. Yeah, X Men. I grew up uh, watching the X Men cartoon. Oh yeah. Uh, when I grew up, it came Saturday mornings, ten thirty a.m. Uh, I just I still remember that was the exact time that that cartoon yes. started. Um, and, and you had to go get your action figure to <clears throat> hold it while you're watching it too. And so I, I just always loved Wolverine. I remember um, when the X Men movies, oh yeah, they came out. I went to it with great fear and trepidation because if they didn't get Wolverine right, it didn't really matter what else happened. Yes. Uh, and so I remember going into it and I I'd said to somebody, I was like, oh, so at some point he's got to have a cigar 
He's got to call somebody Bub. And like in the opening scene, if you remember that, like it's this scene where he's basically doing this like paid street fighting in a cage. Yes. Um, and the first time you see Logan, he turns and faces the camera with a cigar <laughs> and the guy says something to him, kind of trash talking him. And he basically says something along the lines of, I don't remember what it is, the exact line, but he ends it with bub and like yeah. his seventh word of dialogue. Yeah, is we can bub, move forward from here. And he's already had, got the cigar. And I was like, you know what? We're good, everybody. This is going to work. Like they, they really did want to, <laughs> to give people who were fans the thing that, that represented it. So for me, uh, it's, it's X-Men and it's, it's specifically Wolverine. That's my character. So, so then do you have strong thoughts about the costume choices for Wolverine throughout the movies? You know, he, ha- he has yet to wear the original yellow tights. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming in Deadpool 3, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, um, I appreciated they gave a nod and a joke to it, and I think it was the first movie when they <laughs> yeah. had their uniforms. And, and he's like, like "You've got to be kidding me!" Uh, and then uh, somebody, and then someone else looks like, "What would you prefer, yellow spandex?" And, <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, so good. But n- none of the characters had, com- you know, cartoon style um, costumes in the movies. Yeah. So it wasn't like his was wildly absent. Right. So I, I was, I was like, they gave me the cigar, they gave me bub. Uh, Hugh Jackman's hair works perfectly for it. I can, it does. It I can does. live without the uh, the yellow suit, so I was yeah. I was okay with that. Did you buy a lot of X Men comic books? I didn't. I was really just for as much as I did not miss a, a ten thirty Saturday morning. I yeah. was never much into the comic books. It really was the cartoon and that theme song, just being the theme song of my childhood. I bought one comic. Now I loved the comic stories, but I just never really got into collecting the comic books. Mm-hmm. But I've specific, specifically remember the first comic book that I bought, and I don't even know why it was this one. But it was—I don't remember what episode, but it was Ghost Rider and Typhoid Mary. <laughs> 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 and apparently, Typhoid Mary, like her special power, was was something like she could infect everyone around her and cause a plague or something like that in Ghost Riders. So I was really excited when they came out with the Ghost Rider movie. Um, and, and then uh, it was a great movie, but it wasn't quite as good as I was hoping. <laughs> so, All right, so you're up. What's, what's your deck of choice? You know what? I, 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 just, I have a great affinity to randomness, so let's do what the heck. Okay. Have you ever had a this can't be happening moment? And what was it? <laughs> oh man. Yes. <laughs> well, many in ministry specifically. But um so I first I had just moved to uh Granbury First Time Methodist Church as a director of music and worship. And this little old lady who every I think it was Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock or whatever would go to this local nursing home. And um, and do music for an hour with the residents, which I mean that's that's nothing that weird. I mean every church I've ever been associated with has some form or fashion of that happening. Right. And and so I I'm I'm still unpacking my office, and she she walks into my office one day, and she's like, Hey, you know we've got this thing that happens every Tuesday. Would you be willing to come on a Tuesday afternoon and do music with the residents? I'm like, great, yeah, I would love to. And, and like I said, I, I, I've done that a lot over the years, um, working for different churches, especially in small towns. 
come do worship at the nursing home, come do music hour at the nursing home. So I had a binder of music that I could, I could play with my guitar, I could sing and lead. And, and it was the oldies, right? When we all get to heaven, you know, ring the bells of heaven, you know, shall we gather at the river? All, all those kind of oldies that, that they all love singing. And so I take my guitar and my music stand and my binder of oldies but goodies, and I start singing. And, and she interrupts me in the third song. And she goes, is that all you're going to do is church music? <laughs> and I said, well, what, what would you like for us to sing? And she starts handing out binders to everyone. And it was something like, I've got a little brown jug, you know, or little Susie's brown jug, you know, and all this stuff. And it's just... Yeah. There's no accompaniment. Daddy sang bass. Y- yes. And it's like, I've never heard of these songs before. And so she's just awkwardly trying to sing these songs. She couldn't, they were unrecognizable. Like, and she could not carry a tune. And n- nobody, none of the, of course, it, it's a nursing home. So none of the residents that were there, they they really didn't understand what was happening. Um and and they just they were there and they were as engaged as they could be, but this little lady's just basically giving on a concert of these weird, obscure, random, old songs, and I'm looking around like, what what's happening right now? And and she did a couple of songs, and I said, um, I said about about how long is this gonna go? <laughs> she looks at me dead serious. She goes, "We've got the whole hour." Yeah, and, the room till five. And I said, "Oh no!" Till the police get here. That's how long it usually goes. Yes. And so I'm looking around, like I'm I'm literally looking out the window, expecting to see my pastor and associate pastor crying. They're laughing so hard because I I literally thought I'm being punked right now. That's how awkward it was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this cannot be happening. So after about 30, 45 minutes, fortunately, I was able to just kind of say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, but I've got to pick up my kid from, from kindergarten. I, I, I got to go. <laughs> and I just dipped out of there. It was so awkward, man. Well, um, so even though that was your question, I just had a random yeah. sort of one that I, I thought of. So when... Um, I guess I was still in college, and at the time, at uh, Alamo Drafthouse, uh, the movie theater in Austin, they used to do a thing, it was Tarantino Fest, and so it would be like a three-day, or four days and three nights, and they would show Quentin Tarantino movies, movies nice. that were just, just his personal favorite movies, things from his collection, and he would come. And so Tarantino would host this thing, and um, so when I was a kid... Um, my dad loved the old rocking, the old Walking Tall movies, and of oh, course yeah, they, did that re- they did that remake with The yeah. Rock. Um, so, but the original ones from Sheriff Buford Pusser. Yes. Well, Tarantino grew up in the county that Sheriff Buford Pusser was mm. the sheriff of, so he was local legend, basically like a, maybe a, less than a generation before Tarantino. And so, the idea that these movies were out there about their hometown and their local hero had become. So he had original 16 millimeter prints of all three oh, wow. uh, movies, and my one of my closest friends knew that I had grown up watching those movies with my dad. My dad loved them. We probably watched them at least once a year. So he calls me and he's like, "Hey, uh, my, my friend's a, 
a filmmaker. He does, you know, so he's always doing things, especially in Austin film scene. So he always goes to Tarantino Fest. He calls me. He's like, I got you a ticket. Tarantino is showing his three walking talls, his original prints at the draft house. And I got you a seat. So I drive down there, um, had a test in a class the next morning. Who cares? We've got to go to Tarantino Fest. So like, I mean, the thing, it just does not stop. So this is two or three days into it. And between movies, you get up, bathroom, you know, grab some food or whatever. Uh, and Tarantino's just kind of walking around. And so as to be fair to him and not make any sort of wild um, accusations, we'll just say that uh, perhaps he hadn't had a lot of sleep. <coughs> so uh, he, he sort of seemed a little uh, sort of, you know, a little kooky. But again, you know, his multiple days in with no sleep, just showing movies, talking to people, yeah. being on all the time. So there's a small group of us, five or six of us, and talking about screenwriting. And at one point, Tarantino is kind of looking at us, and and he says, you know, you know, at some point, you you just you realize that your arm isn't really your arm; <laughs> it's it's a snake, and the snake has the pen. And what you can't do is try to control the snake. You have to let <coughs> this snake be who it's going to be and let it create and what comes out of that. That's the thing you're going to go with. Um, And I just stood there and I was like, I'm listening to a sleep deprived Quentin Tarantino tell me and four of my friends about letting the snake arm do the great writing. Uh, And that is a moment when you think this cannot be, this cannot be happening. Yeah. Wow. I think we could probably do a whole episode of tell about a time where you thought this could not be happening. Oh, for sure. (laughs) All right. Your, your choice. Um, I guess give me a would you rather. All right. Ah, would you rather blow your nose with sandpaper or use bubble wrap instead of toilet paper? <laughs> well, one of them is a downgrade and the other is an upgrade, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not would sure. Would you rather trade a dollar for a penny or a dollar for a thousand dollars? Yeah, but I mean, I'm not sure that plastic bubble wrap would be that absorbent. But it would sound so cool. <laughs> it's gonna echo and reverberate from the bowl. I think, yeah, I think that one. Is of course, like, we were as impossible a question as the other one would have been. <laughs> I think this one just sort of answers itself. I mean, although to be fair, we are talking about those those unfortunate souls that don't have the privilege of using a bidet on a regular basis. I just try to imagine those people don't exist. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine a world where you don't get a, get to use a bidet. Um, all right. Um, one more for you. You know what? Dealer's choice. You pick one for me. Well, I think the only one we didn't pull from was the second edition interview. Okay. Deck, so I'll interview from there. If you had a personal mascot, what would it be? Personal mascot. We talking like animal, like fictional character, like. I think just personal I mean, mascot. I think like to teams, mascots are everything from. I mean, they're. You know, the Chicago Bulls have a bowl. You know, others have a, you know, a patriot that's more of a human character. Yeah. You know, I just... Stanford Cardinal, just (laughs) Autry. Yeah. You know, I guess it's kind of simple, but I guess I've always had an affinity for dogs, especially labs. Like, their, their personality, like... Hey man, everybody's here. We're we're everybody's here to see me. You know, let's let's have fun together. So I, I guess Black Lab, maybe I don't know. What about you? Uh, mine would probably be stretching it again more into like sort of objects, like you know, like Houston Rockets. So yeah. the mascot is you know a um, so um, this is something you know. Uh, so I 
I'm the youngest in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was the youngest of all the sword boys. I was the, the youngest and the smallest sword. And so my dad, being in the oil field, used to always have a CB radio. He let, let me talk on the CB. But he said, if you're going to talk on the CB, you got to have a handle. And since I was the smallest and the youngest sword, my handle was pocket knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of you know idea sort of always stuck with me. Uh, it's one of my uh, tattoos uh, is of a pocket knife. <coughs> my dad carried one all the time. It's what I gave my groomsman as a groomsman gift at my wedding. They all nice. got pocket knives. Uh, I think to to a man. I think each one of them still has them. In fact, I talk to them from time to time. They're like, I can tell you right now, um, the exact specific drawer that I have that in. If they don't carry them all the time, they they still have them. That's and, cool. Uh, in fact, a friend of mine actually sent me his probably five six months ago a picture. He was going through some stuff. And he's like, Hey, this is my groomsman pocket knife. Uh, so that would yeah, it would be a that would be my mascot, my representative sort of image or figure would be that. Very cool. Very cool. Fun times with the pod decks. All right, so it is that time for us to jump into the topic of the day. And I, you know, Ben and I were talking about where to go with this episode, and we, we just thought it really appropriate for us to dedicate our topic of the day to our incoming freshmen and, and other friends that we, that we might or that we definitely will be meeting in just a few weeks. Uh, as of today, we are 30 days uh, of a day of recording. We're 30 days from the start of the fall semester, and... Summer could not be over quick enough for me, Ben. I, I hate this Texas heat so much. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we want to talk advice and counsel and tips. And I wish I knew that as a college freshman. And we've got some interesting perspective coming from, from Ben as a faculty. Um, but also, we've got some input on social media. I posed a question to to our, our uh, Facebook alumni, our, our, our Wesley alumni on Facebook, to get some input from them. Some of them graduated very recently, some of them it's been a little bit longer, but they had some wise words to offer our, our incoming freshmen. So Ben, for starters, you, you remind me, you've been teaching at Tarleton how long now? Oh, you make me say it out loud. Just three years, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, so just wrapped up year number 18. Year number 18. Okay, so... You've watched a few freshman classes come and go in those 18 years. I have. Um, and you've, you've, you've observed some things that <laughs> college freshmen do or don't do. Um, or maybe they don't even, you know, cliches exist for a reason. Sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I might, what, what are some of your observations of and observations for the incoming freshmen? And what is some advice that you might offer them? Yeah, so first I would start with maybe some sort of bigger things rather than just maybe yeah. you know, maybe I'll, we'll get to some quick tips, you know, as we move mm-hmm. along. But the first thing I would say is as much as we all know, like this whole college is sort of a new experience and it's a new thing. We even talked about that last week in some mm-hmm. of our discussions. Really taking time to, to, to embrace that notion of newness here and to not allow yourself – uh, to too much define or or be confined to previous experiences that you've had educationally. Like for instance, myself, you know, I was a first generation college student. Um, you know, my neither of my parents went to college. Uh, a couple of my siblings went for a, a semester or two. wasn't their bag, and they. Uh, so as far as. <clears throat> You know, the idea of going and actually really trying to graduate. I and mean, I grew up in a tiny little small town in the middle of the Texas panhandle. Like, it's just not, 
Really, I think so. When I went to college, even though I went to Howard Payne, which is a relatively small school, I thought people from my little hometown, um, they go to college for a semester or two, then they get a good job, and they just start working. That's how, if they even do that first part of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. My family's barely scraping by enough money for me to be here. This is not my world. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, and, and people are going to figure that out really quickly. And my people, I mean, other classmates, definitely my professors. And I never believed myself to be someone that actually belonged there. Um, and it took a really long time. And, uh, Howard Payne had a, you know, like Tarleton has an honors program here. Yeah. T- Howard Payne had one. And I used to get after, especially the first couple of semesters having, you know, pretty good GPA and all of that, I would get these flyers from them, join the honors program. There's X amount of scholarship dollars here for you. And, and, you know, you took a couple of more complex classes and things like that to, to earn those scholarship dollars. But all of these opportunities, I never once followed up and just made a call <laughs> about being a part of the honors program yeah. because people like me don't do the honors yeah. program. Yeah. Um, I, you know, my last couple of years, you know, as a junior, I was the outstanding junior um, English major. And I was the outstanding graduating senior English major and still never saw myself as someone who could be a part of the honors yeah. program. Um, and like took on a lot of college debt mm-hmm. because I defined myself by something else that I thought rather than. And I had other people telling me like, hey, the, uh, there's a lot of things you're terrible at. Uh, school's not one of them. You actually, this is the one thing yeah. you're good at. Um did the same thing when I went to graduate school. I was like, okay, I got through Howard Payne, but this is graduate school. And even when I started my PhD, I was like, okay, but this is a PhD. And I did the same thing to myself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I tried to quit my PhD program before my first class. Oh, wow. The only reason I didn't was because I was, because I am a moron. I locked my keys <laughs> in my truck. I drove up. So I got my PhD at Texas, nice. Texas Woman's University. I drove up, have a friend who graduated from there. She said, I'll meet you there. Um, we'll go eat in the student union and then you'll go to your first class. I get there, walked up, and I was waiting for her to show up at the union, and I was like, what am I doing? I don't belong in a doctoral program. I'm going home. And I walked back to my truck, put my keys in my pocket, my hand in my pocket, no keys, and I looked and I saw them just hanging from the ignition. So she gets there and she says, I have AAA, I'll have them come pop your door, but not until after your class is over. (laughs) So she made me go to class, I went, uh, I realized, you know what, maybe I can do this now, I've gotten, Mm -hmm. I've I've talked to some people, Um, but I would have driven home before she could intervene if I hadn't locked my keys. I kept defining myself by these other things. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of times our students do that to themselves. Um, and, and often they, they may limit themselves. And so first, first thing I would say is don't let those things get to you. And here, ironically, while we're trying to giving advice, uh, not all the tips you're going to get about college are good tips. Absolutely. Not right. all the advice is great advice. Absolutely. So many people in high schools talk about, you know, when you get to college, your professors are not going to follow you around to make sure you go to class, all that kind of stuff, which is true. But sometimes that gets translated to your professors don't care if you come to class. And that is very, very false. Yeah. You know, it, it was a, a funny story. You know, could this really be happening? Uh, shout out to our, our earlier conversation. But when I was in college at McMurray, similar size, actually it's much smaller than Howard Payne, I think, because we didn't have a graduate program at, at McMurray. Howard Payne doesn't. Oh, I thought they did. Okay. But um, there was one day that it was a, it was a choir, rehears- choir rehearsal, and there was only 12 of us in the ensemble. It was an advanced ensemble. And um, two of the guys lived together like a block from the university, and they were, they were, if they came to rehearsal, they were late. And so Dr. Eves, the director at the time, when they finally showed up one day, he told them, he said, 
If you are not on time to rehearsal tomorrow, we are walking rehearsal to your living room. The next day, they weren't there. So Dr. Eve says, okay, come on. And he picks up his binder. And we walked across the street around the block to their house and stood in their their living room. And here's David coming out of the shower wrapped in a towel. (laughs) So, yeah, um, it, it. I understand the, the message that is often sent to students, which is more about that accountability. Like, right. look, if you don't go to class, no one will show up and drag you there. You have That's to right. be accountable. No, you know, the, um, so I get that. But sometimes that does get sent as, you know, hey, your professors, they don't really care. They're not going to be checking. As long as you show up on the days that there are tests, that's all they care about. That's so not true. And it's not true uh, uh, basically across any subject, whether it's your biology class with 150 people in it, your history class with 70 people in it, my class with 20 people in it, another one that's got nine. It, it doesn't matter. Your professors want you in that room mm-hmm. every day that they're in there, um, and they want you to be engaged and doing the work. Um, and so uh, it isn't about just can you pass the tests. Mm-hmm. It is about are you showing up, doing the work, engaging with the material uh, every single day. Uh, and so you know, I think that that is one sort of really important thing is to when you hear that advice about nobody's going to be sort of checking up on you, um, a, it's not true. A lot of professors are taking attendance, and so they'll say, "Well, I know you haven't been. I've been." Right. So they'll they'll know it. They may not be calling you and yanking you out of bed, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not an expectation, a hope, and a desire that you'll be there every time that that that, that class is meeting. Well, and you you touched on something else that's that's really important for us to note um, in this conversation, and that's that you know Tarleton is fifty percent first gen college students. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different experience yeah. um, for for a first gen student, and and you know, very simply put, most of the first gen students that I've met, um, it, it, what's different for them is they just they just aren't aware of the resources the university has for yeah. them. They aren't aware that the university has a counseling center where they get, I think, eight free sessions a semester. Mm-hmm. They're not aware that, that you have a writing center that can help them with their papers. They're not aware that they have a financial aid office that can help them find the money to pay for this degree. And, or if they have you know, learning struggles with ADHD or dyslexia or whatever, that there's an office at the university that has resources for them specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that we often tell students, so, you know, one of my roles, one of the hats that I wear being an associate dean is in the dean's office. You know, we'll just tell students, hey, if you have a question and you just don't know who you're supposed to call, call our office. Yeah. And if we don't have the answer for you, we will transfer you straight over to or we will give you a name and a phone number and an email address. This is the person who answers that question. There's almost no question that you can have at a university as a student that there is not someone in that university assigned to address that specific issue. Um, And one of the things you will find is that universities really work to put people in places where they really thrive. So it's not just that someone, it's not just that someone is assigned to address that question. It's someone who really has a passion for helping students navigate what it's like living room with a roommate, helping students navigate their math assignments, helping them with their, you know, writing assignments, things like that. These are people that want to see students Mm -hmm. succeed. Your question is not a bother to them. 
Um, helping you is the reason their position exists at that university and helping you find success. Um, so seeking out, uh, just asking someone for questions, asking your professor. Again, that whole narrative of your professors don't care if you're there, that whole thing, it comes off saying like they, the professor is going to show up at 9 o'clock, they're going to talk for 50 minutes and leave, and that's all the interaction they want with you. You know, university faculty, all faculty are required to have office hours. We have to have a certain number of hours that we are just in our office with the door open available to you. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't want to just sit there and yeah. stare at a computer monitor, look out the window. Um, we would love for those times, you know, to get an email from a student that says, can I come by today during your office hours? Or just come on by. Those yeah. are the hours that the door is open. Have people come by with just, you know, big questions, little questions. I had a quick question about this assignment. Um, could you just clarify something, kind of follow? All those types of things. That's what, you know, your, your professors want you to succeed. Um, the, the goal is to have students be successful in these things that we are teaching. They're the things we're passionate, we love. Nobody talks to somebody in the hallway about a thing they're passionate about, hoping they'll go, eh, don't care, <laughs> yeah. right? Like we want people to engage with the stuff we care about. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I love Wolverine, and and I don't want somebody to go, weird dude in the yellow? What the? Like I want them yellow to spandex, like... Um, really? Yeah, no, I mean, I want them to to find some interest and value in that. I want students to do that. Not every student's going to be a major in the thing I'm teaching. Fine, great, right. awesome. Be a major in whatever That's you right. want to do. But I do want you to learn and have success in this thing. And so do your professors. So send them emails, ask them questions, go to their office hours. Um, don't sort of get pulled into that mentality that they're just there getting paychecks. They're going to talk to you for 50 minutes and they're going to go away and they want you to go away and they don't want to have to admit you exist until Wednesday for the next 50 right. minutes. And I, I think that's the important thing is you know, um, if you have a question and you don't know who to talk to, talk to who you do know and say, who would I talk to about this? Um, because most faculty would be able to say, oh, you have an issue with dot, 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 you should talk to this person. I can't tell you how many times just on the Wesley side of things, I've had an idea of a way to, to partner with the university on something. And I just, I, I grab the first person I could think of and I think, hey, here's my idea. Who might I talk to at Tarleton for this? And they immediately say, talk to this person. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, uh, I want to transform the Wesley into a haunted house. Did we talk about this last episode? No. Yeah. So I want as, to just, because Stephenville doesn't have a haunted house. And so I want to, I want to transform the Wesley Halloween weekend into this massive haunted house that the, the public can come and pay entry and go through and do their thing. And we want to partner with the Tarleton Theater Department to do it mm -hmm. for, for makeup and costumes and building it. And so I just, I just emailed Roland because I know he's heavily involved with the theater department. I said, hey, here's my idea. What do you think? And he said, talk to this person. They're in charge of that. Yeah. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> You know, and that's, uh, I mean, that really is so much of how it works is that, uh, you know, and, and one of the things that I think Tarleton does a great job being an institution that knows that many of its students are first generation, they have things like the peer mentoring mm -hmm. where they're going to, they're going to try to make sure every student has the name of somebody yep. that is an upperclassman or somebody around them that's that, I, the person I'm talking to will not know the answer to this question, but I bet they'll know who to connect me with. Yeah. Uh, so uh, ask it. You're not the first person who's asked it. Um, you are not going to seem dumb for not knowing. Uh, and what we don't want to do is just have a, a question go unanswered and you struggle with an issue with housing or parking or your classes or anything just because 
you know, you didn't feel like you could ask it. Well, and and on the the Wesley side of things, and, and the other the other three campus ministries that are involved with this, here's the good news: incoming freshmen, you don't have to eat lunch in the D Hall every day if you don't want to, because we have a free lunch program mm-hmm. here at the Wesley. Ours is on Mondays. Texans for Christ is on Tuesdays. BSM is on Wednesday, and the Episcopal Church St. Luke's is on Thursday. And most of the time, at least between us and a couple of the others, we are very intentional about trying to ensure that that is just a good home-cooked meal. Like, Because like Kelly and I were talking, she's like, well, what do you want to do with the first free lunch? And I said, you know what? I want our first free lunch to be that meal that you're visiting grandma and it's Sunday dinner and grandma's cooked lunch for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what I want our first free lunch. Because I, I want our students... To, to get that good home-cooked meal for the, I mean, not just the first one, but definitely for the first one. And so, yeah, we have free lunches Monday through Thursday. Then our dinner church is on Tuesday nights. That's another free meal. And most of the time, if we do an event or an activity here at the Wesley, there's food involved. Because I can remember back to my days in college, uh, I got real tired of the D-Hall real quick. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Definitely take it, take any and any advantage or take advantage of any and all opportunities to get free food. It's out there and you don't have to be Methodist. You don't have to be a part of the Wesley. You can just walk in and say, I'm here to eat. And I'm going to say, great. Glad to know you. Let's eat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, well, anything else you want to add before we jump into the next question? Um, no, I think, uh, I think we can roll on. So you are you are actually at a at a unique juncture this particular year. So you've had these eighteen years where you're kind of watching these young birds fly in t- as young freshmen, but this year you and Ariel are actually sending a college freshman mm-hmm. out of the house. Now she's not going far; she's coming to Tarleton, yay! But um, but I suspect that that might be a little bit different for you. So what what has surprised you being on that side of things? Um, versus the, the the sending versus receiving. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to surprise, but I think it um, made me way more of aware, mm. way more aware of something that I think I had, I think I had been aware of in the past, but I don't know that I had taken enough advantage of that awareness to actually have it really impact the way I should. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of comes back to those same sort of narratives or assumptions that we make. Um, there have been a couple of times when um, my daughter and one of the things that my you know that, that my wife and I have tried to do is not just sort of create this narrative. It's like okay, your mom has you know two master's degree and your you know your dad has a PhD and he's you know an associate dean. So academia is clearly where you're going. Eh, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go wherever life wants to take you. So we haven't tried to just make her just sort of live this academia version of life all the time, just sort of feeding her that. Uh, I mean, you know, nobody wants to have to just be that sort of thing. Right. So there are a couple of times when just sort of navigating this process of getting signed up for this class or, or doing whatever, where she'll kind of come to me and ask a question that probably you would assume the child of especially – a faculty member at that specific institution probably would have already known. Now, why would she have already known that? Like, unless we had randomly had a conversation about the way scheduling works in right. one college versus another, there's no reason she would. People would just assume that about her, right? And I think um, being able to just sort of see what things 
she has just sort of naturally picked up and what are the things the questions that she still has has just sort of helped me and because I bet a lot of people on the outside would be like oh man she's going in kind of all these advantages she just knows the whole so well she knows a few of my colleagues that are really good friends she knows them really well yeah there's also a lot about this institution that she grew up not really caring what dad does because right why would you care what right. dad does yeah. right so I think he reads yeah loser <laughs> um I don't know I don't talk to him why would I talk to him that's right why are you people listening to him? Um, so I think a lot of people, like I said, would make some sort of assumptions, yeah. of, you know, about sort of her, what things, you know, well, what the, here are the things she might need help with here. And they, I just, she doesn't need any help with that. Well, maybe she does. Um, but, you know, and so I have just taken that from my side to say, let me make sure that I don't sort of assume sort of guaranteed successes or lack of successes on, you know, any students, you know, okay, hey, a student may be coming out of a really challenging educational environment. That does not put a cap or a limit on the success that they can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and some students who may not have had some of those challenges, that doesn't mean they don't have some others that might um, be some, you know, some different roadblocks that we can help navigate in some different ways. Um, and so I, I think just being able to um, have that experience of seeing my daughter as my daughter, real human being, incoming college freshman, mm-hmm. and that Venn diagram of all of those things together um, hopefully has helped me see all of my students in those sort of Venn diagram things. Um, and hopefully as students come in, you see yourself, you see your roommates, and even your professors sort of in some of those ways that real people um, – some things I've heard about them may be true. Some things I've read on Rate My Professor may be true. I can tell you right now, I am uh, not as bad as my worst Rate My Professor rating. I'm also not as good as my best one. I don't think I look like Jason Statham's brother. That was one of the ones that was on That's there. That's pretty good. So um, that, that would be kind of my, okay. my thing. Okay, good. So we also posed this question out to the, the interwebs. Uh, to our social media and our Discord. And we've got some great responses from some of our Tarleton slash Wesley alumni. So I thought I'd just share some of these and uh, maybe we have more conversation that goes with them. Some of them are a little long. So um, shout out first to Caitlin Jackson Wilson over on Facebook. She says, it's okay to fail. For many college students, it's their first time on their own and going to college can be a shock to them. Failing a class, messing up laundry, not waking up for class, whatever it is, it's going to be okay. And I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think that's such an important thing because there is no other thing in your life that you expect yourself to be awesome from day one right? like we do to ourselves when it comes to learning and education. Mm-hmm. If you try out for the basketball team... Uh, or if you decide, I'm going to try to walk onto Tarleton's football team, yeah. and I'm just going to walk out here, and I'm going to run every play exactly right. I mean, even if you didn't run the wrong direction or block the wrong guy, the coach would still be like, hey, you actually were blocking the right person there, but if you put your feet this way, mm-hmm. you will. You know. So we always are learning and refining, and sometimes you just whiff, and you run the long way, wrong way, and the coach blows with and goes, uh, what are you doing? Over here. We give ourselves the grace to fail. That's right. Uh, but we don't in education, and we think. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a little behind the curtains here, so for faculty members as professors, when we're building classes, the way we ideally want to structure a class is assignments that you turn in at the beginning of the semester 
are intentionally worth a whole lot fewer points or a whole lot less mm. percentage than ones that are due at the end. We yeah. One of the things that we like to call is we want to find what we call uh, low stakes um, assessments. Getting an opportunity to find out where you are, but without your entire grade on the line. So yeah, there may That's be good. a grade and it may be like, so you may get a grade back and you're like, I don't think I've seen that letter before. Oh, but that's only 4% of my course grade. So even though it that grade doesn't look really good right now and it, this feeling kind of sucks, 96% of my grade in this class is still to be determined. Um, now as we move closer and we've mastered some concepts, now an assignment might be worth 25% of your course grade in week 12, but in week two, it's, it's smaller. It's okay to stumble and fall on that and get up and learn from it. And then when you have success on the one that's worth 25%, all of a sudden you've got a really strong grade. Yeah. So to, to, to stumble, to block the wrong person, to run the wrong direction, all parts of learning, and it's totally okay. So I love that that person opened well, with that piece of advice. And, and I feel like I need to be clear because my college self just listened to what you said and what my college self heard you say was, I don't really need to worry about doing this work or going to class until after midterms. <laughs> well, the problem with that is that if you don't show up for those practices at the beginning <laughs> and the coach says you ran the wrong way, That's right. you just show up for game day. Uh, I had a class one time where we only learned that we didn't have enough desks in the room for all the people on the day of the midterm because everybody had to show up to take the midterm. Up, yeah. And we were like, there are not enough desks in this room for all the people, but we've <laughs> never had everyone in the same room. Um, so there is no way to have success on the stuff that counts for more if you weren't there you know, right. doing the work, fighting the battle on the one that's worth 3%, then you're going to be lost on the one that's worth that's 30%. Right. Um, and if you skip all of the ones that are worth 3 those do add up <laughs> to right. still being 60% of your grade, 3% at a time that have not been submitted, turned in, or done with any actual effort. Yeah. All right, so the next one here, shout out to Kimberly McCoy. Uh, it's a little lengthy, but I'm going to read it. Get involved with something on campus. Don't lock yourself up in your room and not do anything. If you get involved in something on campus, you will have a built-in group of friends that will make making new friends even easier. Ask your peers and professors for help. Almost all professors don't want to see you fail and have office hours for a reason. Use them and their knowledge to grow in the class. Don't be afraid. You've already affirmed that. Mm -hmm. um, don't go home every weekend as much as it feels comfortable. Having weekends in town with friends is the best way to grow relationships and feel more connected to the school and your friends. Go to the Tarleton events. They may feel pointless or dumb in the beginning, but they will feel so important and worth your time looking back. And then Caitlin Shannon responded, I can't echo getting involved more um, in response to, to Kimberly's response. And, and I think that's right. I mean, I, I went home when I was in college when I had to just because I just love being around my friends and, and that sort of thing. So, but yeah, any, any thoughts come to mind as you heard those, those responses? Uh, just very quickly, I would say one of the, I think that's excellent advice. The best thing about it is that in college you get, there are so many different ways to get involved or connected. Mm -hmm. You can do so on a level and in a way that is comfortable for you. I am a huge introvert. I, I don't crowds, I don't do well in crowds, even yeah. if the crowd isn't looking at me or whatever. So big events, not my bag. But you know what? There are smaller events uh, or smaller groups or things that you can still be Hashtag really connected and really engaged in. Or some people don't like that sort of 
they feel kind of a little too, the intimacy is they yep. feel kind of a little too on display. They want to go to a football game. They want to go to the basketball games and be in, for, in part of a, a big group of people and get lost in just the, the purple madness and all that. That's that. There's that for yeah. you too. There are groups on just your interests there, whatever it is. Um, there's such a huge range, both of interests and of level of engagement, big, small, Find something that can fit for you. That's right. There is something out there um, that you don't just have to shoehorn your in yourself into something just to say you got connected. There really is an avenue. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, shout out to Victoria Lindsay. She's one of our alumni. Uh, it's okay to change your mind or your major. Doesn't make you any less of a student. Hold on to the people that support you in every season of life. Quality of friends is much better than quantity. College is about learning, finding your passions, and as cliche as it sounds, finding yourself. You have the freedom to be who you want to be. The Wesley is somewhere you can be who you want to be and even ask those questions of who am I. So go there and serve the campus. And what's funny and just so cool about Victoria saying that, and I hope she listens to this episode, I think about every six weeks of the four years that Victoria was here, and Victoria, if you're listening, I know you're laughing right now. Um, if you're listening to this recording, she was in my office with an existential crisis mm-hmm. of I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what I'm doing. I think she changed her major three times, maybe before she landed on social work. So, but that's that's a that's a perfect example. Like you are going to grow when mm-hmm. you are in college, and you're going to learn a lot about yourself, and you're going to learn a lot about how you view the world and what your place in that world is. And guess what? The person that you thought you were when you went to college and what you want to do with the rest of your life may be different. It's okay to change. Yeah, and and, and I just say sort of again, sort of the behind the scenes part of that is the, the college sort of system is built to give you the latitude to do that. First of all, it's got in the state of Texas, we have 42 hours of general education core curriculum mm-hmm. classes that you have to take no matter what your major is. So if you get a couple of semesters in and decide you want to change your mind, all of these hours, they're going to count no matter what your major is. Another thing that a lot of majors <clears throat> do is they are aware that students may end up transferring to them once they find out that, whoa, this major exists, like this career path exists for me. I kind of thought I wanted to do thing X, but this thing over here, this thing Y is super cool. And they will build their requirements of their program to say, if people in program X learn about us while they're at Tarleton and decide they want to come here, what courses that they took on their way to major X could count toward helping them to graduate with the degree in major Y. Yeah. Is there a pathway that we can get them more smoothly so it's not like, whoa, you just had three semesters of wasted time and money that don't count for anything? Um, does that mean every class and every major will count? No. But they, you know, programs even try to build their systems so that students can maneuver from one major to another, get credit for things, make things count, use those transitions. People understand their themselves as professionals they begin to see that in college they're probably going to make some changes of career path and the system is built to give you the latitude to do that so yeah. again it's not like oh i would love to do that but i'm sure there's no way to do it oh there's a way there, yeah, there's always a way definitely. to make it happen definitely uh cisco ramirez shout out to cisco this is a great time to work on yourself learn to play guitar go camping with friends try new foods go to events get involved 
Focus on your mental, physical, and emotional health. Call your mom and dad and tell them you love them often. They want to know you're doing okay. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, Being able to do the new thing, jump both feet in, but also give a call home. Yeah, definitely. Um, Caitlin Roman King says, free lunches at the college ministries. I also concur with the above. Go do things and get out of your comfort zone. Also, make at least one acquaintance or friend in each of your classes and or your major. You never know when you need notes, study buddy, or just someone to lament with. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really big. Um, you know, and I, I talk to more and more students, even freshmen in the just a couple weeks into the semester, they'll mention, yeah, a few members of the class now. We've got a group chat sort of going. Awesome. Um, and and it's just it's becoming a much more popular thing that you know and you can do it through group me so it's not you're not just giving your number to everybody right. um it's becoming more popular yeah get, be a part of those conversations if you wake up one day and the stomach bug made its way to your dorm room and you cannot get to class you can send a text and um make sure that you're not behind by the next time just being able to know the person sitting next to you in class you had them through the group me and you can reach out and find out what's happening it's, yeah, it's quick definitely. easy and it keeps you on track yep. no reason not to all right, so this one's a little long, so it's okay. Um, Caitlin Shannon, shout out to Caitlin. One thing for me is I couldn't get over the comparison of youth group and my home church when I was looking at campus ministry and churches in town. It was the thief of joy and kept me from the Wesley for a lot longer than it should. Involvement is so important, and it is okay to try something and then not like it. The commitment doesn't have to be four years. Trials are everything, but you have to try with a good attitude and commitment. Late night walks around campus, talks with your friends is always the best and it's therapeutic. Do it often and check in with one another. Get a buddy to walk to class with. I would have skipped my 8 a.m. chemistry class every day if I wasn't walking with Virginia and Madison. It helped all of us be accountable. Don't go home if you don't have to, especially the first semester. It helps you get accustomed to town. I didn't have a car, so I didn't have a choice, but it made Tarleton feel like home. Do the lame stuff. Drink the Kool-Aid and it's okay to be into it all. Leading duck camp and homecoming activities are what I miss most now that I have to be an adult. Also, it's okay to keep your innocence. You don't have to try and do anything to act grown. You are doing the hard thing. You are making major strides towards your future self. You don't have to make it harder by doing something stupid. You can have all the fun and still be safe and responsible. Some wisdom there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of this comes back to... uh, these years in college are the only years of your life that get to look like this. That's right. Such a, such a, I mean, just a wildly unique part of it the experience is. of being, of growing up. You get to get rid of pretty much, uh, other than this sitting in class and listening to boring people, every <laughs> other part of high school that you hated mm-hmm. just stays there and you get to come try all of these new things and you just don't get to do anything like college right. ever again. That's right. Um, and uh, so don't, don't let those moments Yep. Just come and go without engaging in them in some ways. Yeah. Okay, just a couple more here. Shout out to Kelsey Campbell. Has anyone said get involved yet? LOL. Mm-hmm. But seriously, do it. Also, be confident and be yourself. Wave at people you know, even just sort of know, when you walk around campus. Get out of your comfort zone and make memories. Enjoy the quirky and fun Tarleton traditions. Soak it in. Take all the pictures. Record all the videos. Be present and be intentional. Take care of yourself and don't eat too many of the freshly baked cookies that walk around the dining hall. Lesson learned, LOL. Find people you can study with without getting distracted. Don't skip, don't skip class too much. Spread your wings and fly. Again, soak it all in. Once it's behind you, you'll miss it tremendously. And she's right. 
Mm -hmm. College was fun. Um, shout out to Lindsay Kirshner. To keep it short, step out of your comfort zone. It's okay to come back to it, but don't live in that zone. When you're uncomfortable, you're growing. And then finally, shout out to Brittany Alley. Take some classes that might be out of your comfort zone. You never know what might strike a new love or interest. Yeah, I mean, you, almost every one of them said something like that. Exactly. It's connecting and, and being willing and able yeah. to, to step right. out. That's right. So um, let me just check one other page real quick because I posted that in a few different places, but I don't think we had um, any other responses other than just, um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Ben, do you have any more thoughts that came to mind as we were kind of going through those or, or other words of wisdom that, that you would offer to, uh, to our incoming freshmen? I really don't think so. I would just go back to the, it sounds like the easiest and the most overly simplified, but it really is go to your classes, go to each one of them. If that class is meeting that day, you be in that room every single day. Um, don't, if you ever miss a class, like I said, the stomach bug hits your dorm room, whatever, don't go up and ask your professor, did we do anything important last time? Because that yeah. implies that there were times that you did things of unimportant. Um, but be there. If things do happen that cause you to have to miss a class, mm -hmm. reach out to That's your professors, right. ask them questions. Um, so go to class, reach out to your professors through email, call them, um, ask questions, and get connected with somebody. And, and yeah. in, in, in many, as many ways as you can, and take care of yourself. Um, and, and again, and come to ready. the Wesley. Yeah, come to the Wesley <laughs> and and enjoy what is the most unique and just sort of greatest era of, of your life. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All good stuff. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to know more about who we are at the Tarleton Wesley, there's a few different ways you can do that. You can find us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Maybe soon to be TikTok. We're still working on that, but we're on those four major ones. You can go to our website, www.tarletonwesley.org. And if you, are, uh, if you are just into the nerd world like I am and you love all things nerd, movies, anime, comic books, superheroes, we've already talked about a little bit of that on both episodes now, uh, video games, that sort of thing, and you, you want to get plugged into our Discord, or you don't, you don't really care about that stuff, but you want a place online where you can just chat and hang out while you're doing your knitting or whatever it is you're doing in your free time, I don't know, uh, you can shoot me a private message uh, on any of the social media, or shoot me an email, it's on the website, and I'll send you an invite to our Discord. Um, and we're starting to do more and more stuff with that, and we would love to have you as a part of it. If you are listening to this podcast and you want to throw a dollar in the tip jar, you can go to our website, www.tarletonwesley.org slash resources slash donate, uh, and it'll take you to our online giving portal, and you can make a donation to partner with us in ministry. Um, money is the ability to do things, and we are a ministry, and we do have expenses, and that is the unfortunate reality. So if you would like to partner with us, we would greatly appreciate it. One way that we do that is we are looking for people to give to the, what, we, what we call the Wesley 1225. And we are inviting individuals to commit $25 a month for 12 months to the Wesley. Uh, and you can just set that up on our website and set it to be recurring. It's a little button you push. It's real simple. 
but more than that, we invite you to pause every day at 1225 and pray for the Wesley. Today, I published our 30 days of prayer and fasting for the Wesley. We are 30 days out as of day of recording, and you can find a copy of that on uh, Facebook at our Wesley group, uh, our public group, and you can you can take part in that. We would I would love I would covet your prayers for for me, for these students, for the incoming freshmen that we talk we we shared this conversation with tonight, for the faculty and staff at Tarleton, and and everybody that may be related somehow to these students coming to Tarleton in just a few weeks. Each episode, we'll turn to social media at the end and answer any questions that may have popped up. So if you have a question for The Pursuit, you shoot. It doesn't have to be a serious question. It doesn't have to be uh, anything more if you just had a pl- basic curiosity that you have. Ask it, and we'll, we'll give you a shout-out, and we will address those questions as we see them. Well, that is going to be it for episode 002, The Pursuit. Special thanks again to Dr. Ben Sword for joining us today. Uh, It's always great to have Ben on here with us. And with that, we are out. And remember, you matter. Because you matter to God, you matter to me, and the world is a better place with you in it. So I would encourage you all to go out and spread positivity and joy to the world around you today and spread, excuse me, and change someone's world. Deuces.